Time for us to check in with Rob Shaw this morning. Rob, are you a fan of Pat Benatar? I, uh, That's a no, no. right? That's a, no. no un- Did you say unfortunately. no? Uh, well, um, I, that's... <laughs> what? Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> okay, well, it's too late. First of all, it's too late. I've just, I've just thought you would just... I assume people would be like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's Pat Benatar. But, so you don't like Pat Benatar. There's no favorite go, Pat Benatar uh, song for you. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go with the sure, yeah, whatever. Um, that I, I didn't know that was an option to start with, but yes, oh, no, I have no feelings, no strong feelings, no strong feelings. Okay, no. I'm trying to figure out like what your music taste is. What do mostly you... Lover Boy? Oh, see, I knew you had good taste. I knew somewhere we would find some good taste there, Rob. Okay. You know what? Mental note for you tomorrow: a little Lover Boy, absolutely. Okay. Um, All right. Let's talk about what's going on. We have to talk about this story. I know Smitty was doing it yesterday. He was telling me about it in the morning too, with this group called um, Tire Extinction, or uh, they're they're targeting people's SUVs because they feel these are luxuries and people shouldn't be driving them. Yeah. I, it's, it's this group called Tire Extinguishers in Victoria. I think they've deflated the tires of 34 SUVs in Victoria and Oak Bay. Likely this is going to spread to Vancouver uh, last week, uh, leaving these little pamphlets on people's windows afterwards saying that, yeah, you might have been inconvenienced by this, but uh, you know SUVs are ruining the environment. They're contributing to climate change, and you should be getting out and taking transit or walking anyways. Is, I mean, you know, that is... It's going to infuriate people who wake up and see that their vehicle has been rendered inoperable when they're on their way out to work. Or in the case of one gentleman who was on Smitty's show, uh, his daughter is nine months pregnant who couldn't get in their vehicle in the morning. It's part of what we see over here as kind of rising civil disobedience on the environmental protest side. We've seen a bit of it, uh, quite a lot of it, actually, over the last couple of years. It infuriates people, ordinary people. And it very, very, very rarely leads to actual change uh, from provincial officials or even engagement from the province. You don't hear the premier and and others wanting to get involved and talking to people who do things like this. But it is occasionally effective. And I think that's why sometimes groups go this route. It's a bit like the Hail Mary pass. They just throw it out there. And and once in a while, uh, you manage to to do something. But but certainly not this way. It's also risky too, you know, like speaking of that group, they were, they were doing this earlier this year, blocking highways, you know, showing up and just completely shutting down a bridge, whether it was the Iron Workers Memorial or whatever. And they seemed, cause we'd interviewed the organizer a couple of times and they seemed very committed. They didn't care about the inconvenience. They were very, very committed, you know, to, to getting the government to do what they wanted until the government told them pretty much absolutely no way you're not going to get what you want. And then it just seemed like they decided, oh, well, I guess we shouldn't do this anymore there's an escalation of it and you can kind of trace a through line uh that starts back with extinction rebellion which was a group a couple years ago that started holding protests i remember uh folks standing on ice blocks with nooses around their neck to uh, symbolize you know climate change uh being the death of us all Uh, they blockaded traffic they showed up at premier john horgan's house in 2020 opposing the coastal gas link pipeline and boy did that tick the premier off. They became kind of persona non grata uh, after that. But it evolved a little bit into what we saw as the Ferry Creek protest, the old growth logging protest here on uh, the premier's riding on southern Vancouver Island, which turned into the largest act of civil disobedience in Canadian history. It got very messy. There was police violence. There was vandalism. There was 
uh, this clash court uh, cases. And then one of the Extinction Rebellion organizers jumped off to form that Save Old Growth group that you just mentioned that went on to block traffic right. uh, across Vancouver and Victoria. Uh, actually, someone got badly hurt here and uh, near this uh, the ferry terminal a couple of months ago, and they ended that. But then an offshoot of that dumped manure on the premier's constituency office front door, and then they've started spray painting landmarks around Vancouver, like uh, you know the Olympic torch and uh, Science World. So, I, I, you know, the tire protest kind of builds out of the successes and failures, mostly failures of what we've seen as the kind of rising civil disobedience movement in the environmental side. And the one part that you might consider a success, if you're a member of any of this, would be Ferry Creek. Because I think you can say that the length of time at Ferry Creek, the international headlines, the pressure that was exerted on the BC government to do something about old growth, that did produce, I think, pressure on the government to bring in more old growth protections. You can argue they're not enough, and they're right. not even close to enough, but it produced a tiny bit of change. And that's all that, you know, movements like this are looking for is one protest, one civil disobedience at the right time that, that strikes the right chord on the right issue and that pushes government to do something. And I don't I don't think it's going to be tire extinguishers. Yeah. But uh, you never know. Uh, no one thought it was going to be Ferry Creek either until it happened. Right. But so there, I, I can see why they think it might work. But in the end, like, they, what is your goal? Well, just having a, a goal that is we don't want people to drive SUVs anymore. Well, this doesn't seem like this is going to make people stop driving SUVs. It just it feel, There's a difference between making people angry and making people somewhat sympathetic. And I think with Ferry Creek, there were a lot of people who could be somewhat sympathetic towards that because it was no, a, a sure. goal you could understand. And it wasn't in your face. It wasn't stopping yeah. you in the middle of the street. And that's maybe why Ferry Creek resonated. It got international celebrity support, Mark Ruffalo, people like that who jumped in. But, you know, it was part of a through line we see in the last couple of years of tactics that are being used to try and influence the province. And, uh, you know, politically, this is not something that resonates. Uh, I mean, the difficulty that the NDP have here is that part of their base a long time ago, and even currently, is is an environmental movement base. They want to see more direct and kind of, uh, you know, stronger action on climate change. We even hear it during the leadership debate right now. But the NDP that exists right now doesn't owe anything to the environmental protest movement that we're seeing right now. It didn't It didn't need that support in 2020. It has been subject to protests on its support for LNG, on its support for Site C. Uh, it has been protested by the environmental uh, activists for quite some time, and it still wins. It doesn't owe that group anything. It doesn't need its support, and it doesn't need its votes, and it doesn't need um, to cater to them. And that's the kind of problem, the disconnect we see between some of these movements in action provincially is that although you might think that the NDP uh, base uh, includes these people, and it does in some cases, they don't have a lot of influence in the modern, centrist, kind of calm, rational, new Democrat government that focuses on things like childcare and affordability and public transit and, and isn't catering to this group. So there's that's why I think we see more and more of these big civil disobedience actions as, in a, as a way to try and get government's attention because it's not it's not working the traditional way that you might think yeah. those environmentalists would have in the NDP. That's a real sea change, though, isn't it? So that it's it's very clear that today's protest today, that whole movement is very different than what we saw, say, 20 years ago. 
For sure. I mean, we did see the war in the woods and well, yeah. like what, uh, and, and that was under the NDP government in the 1990s as well. Uh, you know, when you're in government, you have to be a much more moderate. We, the environmental protest groups that we see now and the, and the much larger kind of civil disobedience, they, they tend to be more, um, they're not supported by the BC Greens, but there's kind of a flirtation between the BC Greens and that group of, of whether this is the public's frustration with the NDP manifesting itself in political disobedience. And, and I think the Greens will have a big question as they try to grow their party, whether they want to embrace this, whether they want to support it, whether the backlash of saying positive things about civil disobedience, environmental protest kind of blows up a little bit on them or whether this constituency of angry people who want action, more action than we're getting now is is a voter base that they think they can capitalize on. And I, I don't I don't personally think that it is, but uh, it's certainly not one that the NDP is listening to. They don't need them uh, and and they're not acting on them. This is going to produce absolutely nothing. However, that being said, I think you can point to Ferry Creek as an example of why when you're an environmentalist and you're thinking of doing something like this, you're thinking of disrupting the public in some way, you think, well, maybe we did achieve a little bit in Ferry Creek. Maybe that civil disobedience, that fight, um, those headlines produced some change. And I, and I guess that's why some people go this route. It is so interesting. All right, Rob, thank you for that discussion.